Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms. Fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Shoot up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week can you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. On this episode of the Houndsman XP Podcast, we are talking bullet selection. I'm going to admit something right up front. I've never been a big ballistics guy. I've never been an ammo expert. You're going to hear me talk about that in the podcast. So I'm asking the questions that maybe you have never asked or were afraid to ask. We're going to boil down selecting the right handgun with the right ammo and the importance of doing that when we're out there hunting bigger game whether it's bears hogs lions whatever you're after we're going to break it down i brought on caleb barnett from underwood ammo 
Underwood Ammo is producing high-quality ammo. We're going to break down the different types of ammo. We're going to talk about hard cast versus flat nose versus mono versus hollow point. We're going to compare calibers. What's popular? What's effective? We're going to do this all in a way that anyone can understand it. So if you have been thinking about purchasing the right handgun in the right caliber with the right bullet to be effective while you're out there chasing them hound dogs, or maybe you've been packing a shooting iron for years, but you're not seeing the performance out of bullets that you think you should, even when you're carrying that around that big bore hand cannon, and yet stuff isn't reacting the way you want when you pull the trigger. We're going to talk about overpenetration, the safety hazards, a lot to think about, a lot to talk about in this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast. I just want to let you all know that coming up in September, just a couple weeks away, we are going to hit 1 million overall all-time downloads for the Houndsman XP podcast. we got a lot of cool stuff coming. We're going to do giveaways. We're going to do promos. September is a big month for the Houndsman XP podcast, and we are going to pay it back to you, the people that have listened and supported this podcast with a great big old September. Thank you. Right before all the hunting seasons kick off, and we're going to get you an opportunity to put a lot of cool gear that you're going to need in your hands in the month of September. So thank you for supporting the Houndsman XP podcast and like always folks the old south dog box is rocking we're going to get the tailgate down it's time to dump the box all right so in this episode of the houndsman xp podcast we're going to take a dive into a controversial topic we're not talking about what kind of truck you drive or what color hound you hunt we're going to get into something even more controversial and that's what caliber of handgun you choose to carry and uh, we're doing this right now because we're on the eve of bear seasons all across the united states i know a lot of people out there are getting geared up for for uh, bear season and and things like that so i uh, i started looking around at at uh, different handguns and and of course being in the bear woods with multiple people i see people carrying an array of things everything from 454s to to uh 357 magnums and and different things for for competent and efficient bear hunting and so when i started looking around i i i reached out to underwood ammo out of illinois and i'm happy to have caleb barnett on the podcast with us to talk about handgun calibers, bullet selection, and all the, we're going to throw you right under the bus, Caleb. You're going to, you're going to have to sell us on it. <laughs> well, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be on here with you. So uh, very honored and Underwood is very honored to be on this with you. And uh, just to talk about our product, talk about what we have, what's our offerings. And um, this is, this is truly a delight and a pleasure just to talk about ammo. It's a great job to have where you get paid to, talk about your favorite thing there is to do and that's shoot guns and hunt and all that fun stuff. Right. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to test you today because we're going to get into some, some, uh, tech talk. We're going to geek out a little bit about some of these things. I'll tell you what kind of drove me to this. Uh, even after being a law enforcement officer for 30 years, uh, Marine before that I've hunted my whole life. You know, I was looking around and, and, uh, realized that when I start talking about foot pounds and, 
and uh, velocities. And I never cared about any of that stuff. I never, my, I sh I've shot thousands of rounds through handguns, but my gig was point the gun. It goes, boom, it hits what it's, it hits what's, you know, I'm aiming at. And, uh, and of course in the hunting world, then I wanted clean, efficient kills. But then I started looking into some of the more traditional, um, handguns and the rounds that were used like we're a long way from dirty harry and 44 magnum being the most powerful handgun in the yeah. world you know and and i started thinking and wondering if that was necessary to to carry a 10 inch barrel 500 smith and wesson to kill a bear there's been thousands <laughs> of bears killed with 44 mags and so I started looking around for a handgun for myself, and that caused me to start diving into to ammo choices and looking at that sort of stuff. And I thought, man, I wonder how many more people are, are wondering about this. And I started researching, and, and Underwood just kept popping up. Underwood, Underwood, Underwood. And I reached out to you guys, and you said, heck, yeah, we'll come on. So here we are. Yeah, and, and it's a pleasure to be here. And, and you know, I, I tell guys all the time, um, I like wheel guns, even being born in the 90s, but uh, wheel guns are definitely not as popular as semi-automatics or striker fire uh, pistols. And yeah. nowadays in bullet technology, which is awesome, is um, you don't necessarily have to have a 500 Smith & Wesson to take down a bear. You know, would you like to have one possibly to make sure you are uh, able to successfully um, do what you need to do while you're out there on that hunt. Yeah, definitely understand. But as you stated, who wants to carry around a 10 inch barrel or eight inch barrel and, and they're, they're, they're only limited to seven rounds or maybe even eight rounds uh, or less than that. Um, 44 mag is still very popular. So it's 357 mag, uh, but it's expensive. It's not cheap to shoot. And so people see cost, limited rounds, uh, sometimes hard to find. I mean, look right now on your web on websites. I mean, not just even our ammunition, but any ammunition website. And we are one of the few that has 357 mag in stock. It's hard to find 357 mag anywhere. Uh, Underwood Ammo has it. We have it in stock. We did a huge run on it again on several different grain weights. But you know, if you go looking around for it, it's kind of hard, or you're going to pay a premium for it. Uh, same thing with 41 mag. You know, 41 mag is almost a dinosaur now. Nobody shoots 41 mag besides a few people. It's a niche market. But guess what? People still need 41 mag. One of our hosts, Heath. One of our hosts, Heath Hyatt, is a dinosaur. He still carries a forty-one mag. Forty-one mag. That's that's yeah, hard buddy. to find nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we we yeah. have it. We have it in stock. And and people walk in on the street, up the streets, and they're like, "You guys have forty-one mag still?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we make it all the time." You know, and then we're in stock on our website routinely with it. Now it is a harder one for brass and components to do, but we still are able to successfully do it. I mean. In 2021, we did probably, I would I would guesstimate four to five pretty big size runs on different grain weights on 41 mag. Uh, 44 mag is very popular. We're in stock on 44 mag, so we still do all those things. We understand that there's a market for it. 454 Casul, you know, we understand that 460 Smith and Wesson, but uh, semi-automatics and the uh, uh, striker fire world has become very popular and bullet technology as well, where you can carry more rounds, less weight shorter barrels and still get the job done and mm. so we understand that and that's what the market calls for nowadays everybody wants yeah. 10 millimeter now 10 millimeter yeah. is obsolete in the 90s or late 90s i should say early 2000s everybody shot either nine millimeter 40 smith or western or really 45 acp was really popular actually uh so you shot 45 or 40 now it's the opposite nobody shoots 40 ever 
nobody, you know. Um, it seems like is everybody forgot about 40 Smith and Wesson. So people either go 9mm, 10mm, and some still shoot 45 ACP. But 45 ACP is definitely not as popular it was in 2001, 2, and 3, and 4. Uh, most law enforcement agencies, as you alluded to, you being law enforcement, they're carrying 9mm now, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, bullet technology has really advanced uh, from the 70s, 80s, and definitely the 90s to now where you carry more uh, lighter firearms, faster target acquisition, and um, gets the job done. So I'm happy to be here and talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, so let's let's get to it, whatever you want to start with. I've got a whole laundry list of things I want to run through here. And okay. I, I maybe lay down lay down a little more background. You know, it doesn't matter if you're carrying a 500 Smith. If you're if you're shooting aluminum tinfoil balls at it, you're not going to kill it. You know, right. and that's that's why I started looking at um, I, I just recently purchased a 44 mag for my personal carrier. Most of our hunters and most of our houndsmen are going to be carrying a rifle. And that pistol, a lot of times, is a, you know, break the glass type moment. You know, yeah. I'm here. I've, I'm by myself. Maybe one person in the party is is carrying the rifle. Uh, and they're down the mountain behind me. But I've got to take care of this situation now. Maybe I'm in danger. My hound's in danger. Uh, whatever it might be. Most of the time when I see handguns being used, it's not the primary weapon to, uh, or, or platform to be trying to take a bear. But I know that there were thousands of bears taken with a lot of different calibers prior to some of these bigger bore handgun calibers coming out. And that, that pushed me to look more at bullets and, you know, terminal velocity or terminal damage or whatever you want to call it penetration and that's what i want to talk to you about is matching the most important things when we're thinking about the job we need to do to have the right bullet in the gun because we don't need as big of a gun as we think in that break the glass moment to do the job if we select our bullets properly would that uh, be accurate yeah that's 100 percent true um you know, the, the famous saying is there's no such thing as stopping power with a pistol. If you want to talk about stopping power and real stopping power, you talk about rifle or shotgun, uh, which and, and it has a lot of validity to that. However, we are able at Underwood Ammo to manufacture and produce uh, rounds that are SAMI specifications unless we are making something like a plus P plus. Uh, mm -hmm. which nobody, you know, there's people that make plus P plus. It's not just Underwood. Uh, and SAMI does not recognize that. But um, for the, for everything else we make as far as in standard pressures and standard loads or plus P loads that Sammy does recognize, we make it all within spec. And uh, we've seen great success with it with pistols. Um, we're very popular in Alaska, very popular. Uh, those mm -hmm. guys love our ammo, and they're killing things a lot bigger than black bear. They're killing grizzly. So uh, right. I, if I know certain things will work great on grizzly and, and a pistol caliber, I definitely know it's going to work fine uh, on black bear and smaller game um, out of the pistol when you're out hunting or backpacking or trailing, whatever you might be doing. Um, I got a lot of confidence in what we do and what we produce. And so do we. And our projectiles um, speak for themselves, honestly, and we'll love to get into that today as well. well that's an interesting thing you break, bring up right there is, is um, you know, a lot of our audience is out there during with their hounds in times of the year that it's not legal to take bear. Mm -hmm. And they're doing this in grizzly country. If you look at that Yellowstone Basin country, northern, uh, northwest Wyoming, southeast, um, and or southwest 
northwest Wyoming, southwest Montana, even eastern Idaho right there. That's grizzly country. And, and while you might not be packing a rifle with you, then we can talk about how you can carry a, a handgun with confidence if it's loaded properly. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so what do you do for, what is, what do you do there at Underwood, Caleb? Let's, let's set up some credentials for you. Oh, well, I like to say I'm nobody. Um, <laughs> uh, titles. You're the guy they, well, they you know, have referred me to you. Titles nowadays and everybody comes up with these great um, titles and these great long um, accolades. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, what, what is that really? Like, tell me, what do you do? You know? So, um, so, so I got hired in, I got called actually uh, from the owner of Underwood. It was, it's kind of fun. He called me and, I've been shooting and using Underwood for a long time, um, my, probably since 2015, I would say. And uh, the owner, I've been had a great relationship with him just because I'm just an enthusiast. I hunt, uh, I shoot, and I knew the type of ballistics that Underwood produced. And I always used to joke and be like, you know what, just let me work here part-time. I'll clean up ammo. I'll do whatever it takes. Just let me travel to SHOT Show with you. Let me go to the NRA conventions with you. Let me just let me just go do that. I don't care. You don't have to pay me. Just pay me an ammo. Pay me an ammo and let me travel. And we used to laugh and joke about that all the time. And uh, I've done a lot of training and testing and things like that personally. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a gun nerd. I'm an uh, ammo nerd as well. And he known that he knew that, and we and him have always talked, and we go back and forth on what works, what doesn't work, what do, what works best in different applications, and trying different things out. And um, one thing is, we just not afraid to fail. So I, I do a lot of the firearm training and testing at Underwood. Uh, anytime we're testing or training a new product, um, I'm always throwing in a fire. Hey, go see what the grouping looks like. Now we have our loaders. Um, our loaders are the people who produce the ammunition. They manufacture mm -hmm. ammunition. They do all that fun stuff and good stuff. And they have to shoot groupings. They have to shoot testing. They have to see what the powder drop is. They have to see all that good stuff and see if they're hitting the target velocity. And if they're not, we have to fix whatever the issue is out of all of our test firearms. Now, however, what I do is I will go back and I'll say, hey, we've got a new projectile. We want to try it out. We want to see how much penetration we can get. We want to see how it groups. We want to see if it opens up fully, if it's a um, hollow point. All that fun stuff. So I get to do all the fun things. And right. I deal with a lot of the dealers and key accounts and the key account holders and I talked to a lot of the wholesalers um, as far as in what's coming up, what we have coming out, and then also just selling the products. So I kind of do a little bit of everything, and uh, I truly enjoy it. It's, it's been honestly a blast, and uh, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in life is to come work there and do what I do now. Ah, cool, man. So you're also the guy that when this stuff doesn't work, you're the guy that hears about it, right? Oh, my goodness. Believe me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, in short. Yeah. Uh, you know, long story short. Yes, definitely. Um, you, you'll be amazed some of the calls I get. Uh, is there issues sometimes? Everybody has them. Um, but will I get a call? Because I got ammo four years ago and the, um, the, the, the primer is nickel plated as the brass because our brass is nickel plated. But now we're getting nickel plated brass with, um, a, a brass, you know, um, primer. So what's the issue? And I'm like, well, if you haven't heard yet, but there's a pandemic in 2020. So 2021, it's hard to get primers. So yeah, <laughs> we had yeah. to do a little something different with primers just to ensure that it's still living up to our quality and our testing. And um, they, you know, if they pass, they pass. If they don't, we don't put it out. But you like to shoot and you like their ammo. So 
You know, sometimes you're not going to get that beautiful nickel-plated uh, primer. Sometimes you're going to get a brass primer, but it works just the same and just fine. You'll be amazed some of the calls I take and I get. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I think we ought to start with, you know, that person that maybe has been thinking about, hey, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea for me to have a handgun to carry. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and specifically for, and we're not going to talk about self-defense and all that stuff. That's a whole different podcast for right. a different, different podcast company. Um, we're going to talk, keep it in hunting and, and specifically large game hunting okay. uh, and bear specifically. But let's talk about bullet selection. And I think we just start there by talking about the difference between um, hard cast, flat nose, mono, and hollow point. Yeah. Easy. Can we just talk about those th four different bullets sure. and their applications? Definitely. Um, so the first one you mentioned was hard cast. Um, mm -hmm. Hard cast is honestly um, our top five popular uh, projectile that we sell um, and, and, and different caliber, especially 10 millimeter. Uh, and I'm going to circle back a lot to 10 millimeter because 10 millimeter is coming so popular. Uh, and we, we sell a lot in some of the rifle, I mean, the uh, pistol, I mean, the revolver configurations for pistol as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But the hard cast in general has become very, very popular. Uh, a lot of people still sling big, thick pieces of lead. There's guys out there that still loves the 500 Smith & Wesson. And we make hard cast of 700 grain. And they love it. And I'm thinking, it's not fun to shoot. It's not no fun doubt. at all to shoot. Um, but will it get the job done for big game? Oh, definitely. And so what, what the hard cast, it's a polymer coated, um, bullet. It's a polymer coated projectile. Um, the Brunel hardness on it is over 28. I believe don't quote me hundred percent. I know it's, it's over 26 for sure, but I believe it's 28 or 31. I'm, I'm getting my numbers mixed up on a Brunel hardness, but we have it on our website. It's very, very, um, very much. So you don't have to worry about deforming, deforming. You don't have to worry about the, um, the, the, the lead shaving, shavings coming off in your barrel. Because the number one question I get, honestly, uh, probably I get this question 10 times a week. Can I shoot hard cast to a Glock? Because Glock says they don't like lead in their, their barrels. And I'm like, yes, it's a hard cast. It's polymer coated. Um, it's more than fine and safe to shoot through that Glock. And the reason why certain companies with that type of rifling barrel um, say not to shoot soft lead is because people don't clean them. So then mm -hmm. the soft lead builds up in the guns, it mucks up the guns, it messes up the rifling. So then we're talking about accuracy and velocities are not where they should be and what they should be. And now you have a serious issue in your hand. Uh, you don't have to worry about that with our hard cast. Um, you know, we, we take pride in what we do. We take pride in our hard cast. Uh, we came out with a new one here pre recently because uh, it used to be the lipstick color. People used to call it the red lipstick. Um, right. That was a black cherry coated hard cast. It's a little bit better with the coating. Um, we have tested it numerous of times in every configuration of caliber. If that's 44 mag to um, 357 mag to 10 millimeter to 9 millimeter, we test it. And what the thing is about cool about hard cast, if I got a second to speak about it, is uh, even though it's old school because it's a lead bullet, it penetrates the farthest. Uh, it penetrates the farthest. It has, for the most part, the best sectional density on whatever caliber you want to shoot. Uh, and when I talk about sectional density, I'm talking about wound cavity and the cavitation. How wide of a wound cavity are we talking? The higher the density, the better wound cavity we're talking about. And so they usually have, in whatever caliber configuration you're talking about, the best sectional density. And uh, it penetrates the deepest. 
Um, it penetrates the furthest. You're thinking about sometimes people say, well, man, that's a big bullet. For example, 45 ACP, we do a 255 grain bullet. And people are like, man, that's a lot of lead. It's only moving on 45 ACP, I believe. I have to check it. But like 900 and some odd change feet per second when we're talking about 45 plus P. And mm -hmm. then when you get to the 45 supers, close to 1,000 feet per second. I think it's at 975. Um, I'm pretty good with remembering all these numbers. Some of them I might yeah. have a little bit, but double check it. And I'm pretty <laughs> good with them. And people are like, well, it's moving so much slower. How, how can that penetrate so deep? But you have to think about it in a sense, and I always try to give people the most basic application. Think about a freight train. Uh, if a freight train is going 30 miles an hour and it tries to run through whatever it's going through, and you compare that with a Corvette that's smaller but faster, and let's say the Corvette's even going 60 miles an hour, guess what's going to go further? That, that freight train. Because you have more mass, more momentum, going behind it. I'm not trying to get into physics class here, but right. uh, that's why. And uh, there's really, I love to say the hard cast level is unstoppable. There's not much that's going to stop it. So when you hit bone density, uh, tissue, um, sometimes going through the, the, the meteor part of your bigger game, if we're talking moose, we're talking elk, we're talking uh, black bear, even grizzly, uh, that's, that's what you want to use uh, for that is because it's going to penetrate very deep. We got some of it penetrating over 50 inches which is mm -hmm. astronomical. Uh, and it's moving quickly. It's moving quickly for a big piece of lead. And right. uh, when we pull it out of different things that we've tested it in, and it's hit several things. I mean, we've hit wood with it. We've hit um, some scrap metal with it. We've, we've done all kinds of things and seen all kinds of things. Even hitting the steel place when we're out testing, it doesn't deform. Well, you get a little bit of the coating to kind of come off a little bit once it hits. Yeah, but it doesn't come off in the barrel. So if you have a rifle barrel, um that 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 has like the glock style I mean, it's the most popular style barrel there is if you're in that type of a barrel uh you don't have to worry about the lead shavings coming off where it's squeezing that bullet and you're worried about oh my god is lead coming in my gun or into my barrel that's not an issue at all so um when we're talking about grizzly country out alaska and wyoming and montana those guys love uh in 10 millimeter our 200 grain or 220 grain hard cast you know, they're, they're, we're talking about um, energy. We're talking about almost 700 foot-pounds of energy um, that's coming at you. And We're going to compare. I've got I've got all the stats here. We're going to compare 44 to 10 millimeters. Okay, sounds second. good. I love it. And I'm going to ask you questions of how that all transfers. Good, uh, good. I'm glad you got the stats pulled up because I didn't – I'm not going to cheat. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to cheat. <laughs> I am cheating, believe me. The good. thing, that, the thing that, that I noticed about everything I read about Hardcast, I've done some tests myself. Mm -hmm. Um, is that nose forward penetration, you know, where it doesn't deviate, it keeps traveling because it keeps its form, it keeps its shape. Yep. It's going to continue to travel in the direction that it came from without, yes. without turning sideways. You know, a lot of times a hollow point. Well, let's, let's just go into, let's, let's talk about flat nose and then we'll talk about hollow, uh, mono and then hollow point. Let's yeah. just keep, keep transitioning through. Yeah. So you want to continue to talk about the uh, hardcast, or you want to go to the next one? You got more to say on hardcast? So, um, well, you you were actually talking pretty good about how it continues <laughs> to keep its uh, trajectory. You know, it doesn't matter, and that's exactly why. And that's exactly why it's so popular. Uh, and and people like to get into like the meat plate and things like that of the bullet and the profile of it and the flat nose of it. And I tell you what, it, it definitely does what it says it does. Um, deep penetration and no deviation as far as, and if it hits um, bone mass or anything like that, it's going to continue, it's going to break through and it keep on going. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a very, uh, it's a freight train. I call it the freight train of ammunition, honestly. Right. Yeah. Right.
Yeah, good stuff, man. All right, so tell us about like uh, jacket of flat nose ammo. What what kind of performance do you expect out of that? Um, and is it applicable for this? It is for our conversation. Um, you know, it's kind of the best kept secret because a lot of people don't really understand. Uh, they they see full metal jacket as you're talking and they think, oh, that's just paper punchers or that's just for range ammo. And we do have a range supply, but that's a round nose. That's a whole different ball game between mm-hmm. the round nose and the flat nose. And we make the flat nose for hunting applications and woods carrying defense. And it penetrates very deep. We're, we're, it's not going to penetrate as deep as the hard cast. But what I do like on the full metal jackets is uh, it's penetrating very similar to a hard cast. It, it does not deviate. Um, and it does not deform either. Uh, have I seen some more deformality in that than I have the hard cast? Yeah, because it's not that hard piece of lead and doesn't have the Brunel hardness as it does. But as far as in retaining its weight and its shape, it has done a great job on that. We're talking about 40 plus inches of penetration with that. And it's not for target ammo. It, it's simply, honestly, for hunting. Um, it, it, it is honestly, if people don't want to do hard cast in the barrel, if they say, mm-hmm. you know what, I hear you and you say, that the lead is fine in my barrel, but I don't want to shoot lead. I don't like lead. It's too heavy. Uh, it's it, 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 I feel like I still getting shavings in my barrel, and you're just nervous about lead, right? That's fine. That's fine. That's why we offer you a full metal jacket, flat nose, hunting round, so you don't have to worry about that. It, 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 it takes all those worries out of the world, and you can worry and focus only on uh, putting your site acquisition where you need to put it, and, and shooting what you need to shoot. So uh, very, very similar. That's a great question. Uh, a lot of times they're lighter projectiles, so they're moving a little faster. And so a lot of times your energy level is a little bit higher for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you start looking at your foot pounds of energy and still your velocities, um, sometimes it's um, to people a little bit more impressive than the hard cast because you're able to get a little bit faster of a bullet. And you get some guys who still believe, hey, if I got the speed and I still got a good size weight behind it, uh, there's still nothing that's going to stop it. And then and testing and showing, uh, that's that's a very uh, accurate statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that compare? How do these two compare? Why don't you tell us what a mono is? So our monolithic bullets that we're talking about are a solid copper lineup. So it'd be the extreme penetrators. Um, now, some people say, well, they're a little bit pricier than, than, than the hard cast. Yeah, they are. They are. And there's a reason why. Uh, it's a solid copper bullet, and we're talking about machining these things. Um, the flutes on these bullets, and people always call them screwdrivers. They say, oh, there's a Phillips screwdriver head. And, yeah, and it looks it like does, one. Yeah, and people love them. People love them, and, and I love yep. them. Um, they're actually my favorite projectile, personally. And the reason why is because uh, they retain their shape 100%. Uh, the flutes on them, uh, are they, they actually make them travel about 30% faster inside of the wound cavity. And no, they don't expand. They don't open up. So people say, well, what is the what is the great um, benefit of using it? So I'll tell you, the penetrators are geared for hunting. They're geared for uh, deep penetration. Uh, they're giving you the same type of penetration or similar, I should say, to um, the flat nose, full metal jacket and close to the hard cast. It doesn't penetrate as far as the hard cast. But mm-hmm. what they do is they're faster, uh, have more energy. And um, they, 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 what makes them cool is they perform off of the fluid dynamic. So you're like, what the heck does that mean, Caleb? So what makes it cool is, let's say I'm out hunting. And let's say I have to shoot through two tree limbs between them, not shoot through them, actually shoot through the limbs. Mm-hmm. Shoot between them or maybe um, a piece of, uh, let's say, um, bark it hits. Or let's say it, it, uh, 
a, a piece of leaf is, is, is brushing up against it, or whatever it might be that brushes against it. It's not going to um, change the trajectory of that bullet. That's one that's cool. Also, if I'm geared, let's say, example, uh, 10 millimeter, 140 grain extreme penetrator. I believe it's moving at 1,500 feet per second or 1,550. It has like over 700 foot-pounds of energy. Uh, that thing was traveling. And let's say I'm geared to get 45 inches of penetration. It's geared to get 45 inches of penetration. It does not matter if a piece of bark hits it, a tree, uh, a leaf touches it and brushes it, hits it. It's still going to give me 45 inches of penetration once it enters the wound cavity of that animal. And so people are like, well, how does that, why is that so cool? Because if I shoot, for example, a hollow point, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm using a hollow point for hunting, a hollow point at times can expand prematurely on impact. So let's say I hit a tree bark, or let's say I hit a leaf or something like that. What it's going to do is it's going to start expanding. I'm already going to start losing my energy. And let's say I was geared to get 15 inches of penetration. Let's say I'm get 17 inches of penetration out of the hollow point. Now I've lost that penetration depth, and it could perform like a full metal jacket where the hollow point is plugged and it won't even open or it prematurely opens and I won't get a good enough penetration where now I've wounded an animal, I've upset an animal, or I potentially haven't wounded. I just made it mad. And now it knows mm-hmm. where I'm at. And that's a serious issue in itself. The right. penetrator um, will still give me exactly what it's supposed to give me, 45 inches of penetration. The coefficient um, on our bullets are really good, uh, especially the penetrators. And so that's why they're a little bit more pricier. Uh, when you pull it out of the wound cavity, when you pull it out of the gelatin, even when we tested it, uh, it, ref- it retains every bit of its shape. You can honestly take that bullet and reload it. That's how cool they are. So the, yeah. solid mon- the, the, mon- the monolithic solid copper bullets, that's what they do. Now, let me get into this one for our solid copper. You will say, well, I see the Extreme Hunter. Why do you have Extreme Penetrator? And then you also have Extreme Hunter. What's the difference? If you look at the pictures and you look at some of the testing and the low data, the Extreme Hunters are usually, um, if we're mixing apples to apples, I'm talking about bullet grain weight, everything like that, the Hunter's sectional density is not as good as the Penetrator, but the flutes are wider. Meaning it opens up to me. I, I like the way it opens up the wound cavity because it's a little bit different of a cavitation. Uh, it does slow down faster and it doesn't penetrate near as deep as the penetrator. So um, the penetrator is for your optimal almost penetration to like a hard cast. Okay, like it's, it's close yeah. to that for penetration depth. The hunter won't penetrate near as deep. So you'll say, well, what would you use that in? If you're using it in like bigger white-tailed deer, uh, using it... Um, Mountain lions, guys use it for mountain lions and their hunts and things like that. It's um, that's what people like them for because it won't over penetrate sometimes with certain animals. It will, it will, it will stop inside of them and it'll still open up a great wound cavity and it has a great energy dump into the animal and it and it penetrates similar to how that penetrator does, just not as far as the penetrator. So that's what makes those two different, uh, the penetrator and a hunter. But they're great applications. Uh, but if I'm talking about, and as you said, big game, and we're talking like black bear, grizzly bear, I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm going to probably lean more towards the extreme penetrator and the hard cast than I am the hunter because the hunter slows down a little bit faster. And when you're talking about animals that size that could possibly come back and look at look for you, if you upset them, I'm going to use right. everything I can get. So uh, the penetrator right. and the hard cast is our top two sellers when it comes to those type of applications. Um, yeah. And I know you asked about hollow points. Um I personally, personally, this is not Underwood saying this. This is Caleb saying this. I personally am not a huge fan of hollow points and hunting applications, especially for bigger game. Um, for one part, I just mentioned 
Uh, if you're hunting, you're not always gonna get that clean open shot. So now I can have potential expansion, uh, premature expansion. I can potentially uh, have where it's losing its energy a little bit faster. Uh, it's not penetrating near enough, deep enough. And therefore now I have an angry animal at me or I've wounded an animal that's taken off and I can't find it. Um, there you go. You know, and that's dangerous. We don't want to ever wound an animal where they take off and we can't find it. And now the animal's bleeding out is going to die somewhere in a day or two. That's, that's not what we want. You know, yeah, uh, it puts, we, it puts, our hounds will find it, and that often puts our hounds in very bad situations. Oh, yeah. You know, when you and then you've got to get in there to take care of it, and you're you're creating a dangerous situation. And very. I wanted to bring wanted to bring up the hollow point because that seems to be uh, something that is very readily available at big box stores without mentioning any names. But you know, we stop in this big box store, we we buy our license, and oh. There is a box of ammo. And then we, I wanted to talk about these different types of bullets so that somebody who may not have a lot of experience or hasn't done the research knows the difference and which bullet they really need to be choosing. Because a lot of times that box of hollow points, even though it says Magnum right behind it, <laughs> it's not going to be effective. That hollow point bullet was designed to prevent deep penetration for, uh, you know, to to pass through and kill stuff you don't want to kill i mean yeah. that yeah. you know home defense law yep. enforcement application personal defense type stuff yep. you don't want um you don't want casualties beyond what you're trying to cause there so that's why i wanted to cover those you did a great job on that i want to talk about um uh we talk about the hollow point briefly one of the things that we um might fail to realize is you know shoulder bones bone structure in an animal can cause that you may get punched through through a shoulder but once that hollow point goes through that unless it crimp down on the tip then it's going to expand and that's where you're giving up your penetration is that correct hey have you guys heard of dogs are treed that's that company that we keep plugging on this podcast because dogs are treed supports your lifestyle and they do that by contributing to all kinds of hound associations across the United States. But the way they really do it is they produce products that are useful for you and your hounds. When you look at their products like dogs are hydrated, you're going to keep those dogs hydrated in this hot, hot weather. And then paws are protected. You got to keep a hound on its feet if you want them to keep hunting. And then their tie-outs, their premium tie-outs are out of this world. we just been talking about them on social media and stuff. You know, literally, uh, Lauren says she can get dogs out of the truck and tied out in under five minutes. We're going to have to see a video on that. But check out Dogs Are Treed at dogsartreed.com. Enter that promo code HXP20% off. You're going to get 20% off your order on the best gear in the industry by the best company in the industry that's producing high quality gear for you check out dogs are treat also check out freedom hunters fall is coming folks if you haven't made plans with me yet to coordinate a freedom hunters event take america's heroes our returning veterans who've coming off active duty recently home from deployment or somebody that's a veteran or a gold star family member that wants to get into hunting Freedom Hunters is the thing to pursue. 
I've been on several of these events. They're high class or high quality. You heard Seth talk about going to uh, Canada, British Columbia with Freedom Hunters. He had a blast. We did a whole episode about it. You're missing the boat. If you're not paying it back, check out Freedom Hunters at freedomhunters.org. That is correct. That is correct. And and due to hollow points, if it does do what it's supposed to do, open up a great wound cavity, definitely. But it's just too many variables and factors when we're talking about hunting and we're talking about animals and we're talking about using our own hounds um, and, and hunting applications. You you potentially can still wound the animal and not, and not sure. do what you needed to do. Um, a lot of these animals are thick, thick fur, um, thick hair. Um, Thick, thick bone mass city, um, density yep. and mass. Um, you, you, a hollow point, honestly, would be my last resort, honestly, when it comes to hunting. Yeah. That hollow point is really geared, and I hate using it like this, but a hollow point is really geared um, to two-legged predators. And that is even kind of of the past two now. And a lot of law enforcement find that out. So hollow points, they, they have their place. And I never try to deter people if they love hollow points because you got some guys that are just that's all they believe in, but but there there are a lot better options, and we offer that in the hard cast, penetrator, and the hunter. I'll give you a perfect example, and I'm not shy about saying it. Like a 38 special that um, is in my bedroom has hollow points on it because more than likely any threat that I'm going to be firing at inside my home, I've got a hallway there. My son's bedroom is down to yep. the left, so I don't want a lot of penetration. I just yeah, need. Exactly. You know, I don't want that terminal blow through whatever I shoot penetration. That's what that's that's my uh, use for for hollow points. And so that's where should stop. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's talk about penetration real quick because mm-hmm. you know a lot of times houndsmen when we're going into these situations and and say uh, you know my my hounds have a black bear stopped on the ground and. Um, I'm also concerned about overpenetration of going through and and passing through and hitting one of my dogs. So what can you tell us about hard cast in that situation? And you're talking about 50 inches of penetration on, on soft, you know, uh, soft tissue type stuff. You know, what is the real risk of, of choosing a hard, hard cast bullet that's loaded too hot for that application the the risk is there um because the hard cast more times than not unless it's just a huge grizzly we're talking but we're talking black bear uh the the chance is there that it's going to pass through um Mm -hmm. unless you get a great front shot i'm talking about front of the chest uh but if you're talking about uh side of the shoulder it's a great chance that it's going to go past through the other side of that shoulder Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we offer the penetrator because it doesn't penetrate as deep as the hard cast, but it still replicates the hard cast because it doesn't deform, uh, just as the hard cast and it doesn't lose its energy until it hits whatever it's going into. So mm-hmm. if that is the case and, and, and people are out there saying, Hey, listen, I got dogs and then dogs are, are, are chasing these, these bears or they're, they're circling and surrounding these bears and things like that. What, what can I use that? Potentially won't hit my dog. I'm afraid that it, right. you know, it could pass through this animal and it could hit my dog. I'm going to tell you, well, now let's not talk about the hard cast because the hard cast has an awesome chance of doing um, mm-hmm. the pass through. Um, that Will it all the time? No, not at all. But my, my chances of that happening with a penetrator, the extreme penetrator, and better yet, the extreme hunter, 
are very, very much so a lot less likely than it will be with the hard cast. The hard cast is just a very, um, very heavy bullet that has a lot of momentum behind it. So it's going to punch through a lot of things and keep on going um, without asking for forgiveness. And, um, you know, those are our animals and our pets. So we definitely don't want that to happen to our pets. So, yeah, they're, uh, our, hunt, they're our hunting buddies, you know. We yeah, I mean, that's. That's our, make that's, a, our, that's our babies. <laughs> yeah, we make a living off of these hounds, and, yeah. and um, you know, they're valuable, and we don't want to take them out. So I did want to have that before somebody went and thinking, yeah, I'm shooting a, I'm shooting a 350. All I have is a 357 Magnum, so I'm going to get a hard cast P plus P to load in it for Black Bear. There's a good chance you're going to blow right through it, even with a 357 Mag, right? Yeah. Yeah, the 357 Mag, we do do it in 180 grain. It's a heavy grain bullet, um, and it definitely penetrates very deep. Um, it, it's it's well over the 40 inches threshold, uh, but we do offer the Extreme Hunter in 100 and I believe it's 125 grain projectile and 357 Magnum. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty certain on that. Yeah. And um, and that that's what I if somebody says, hey, look, these are my two options. I have my hunting buddies, my dogs with me. Uh, what what should I use? I'm gonna tell you, hey, use the extreme hunter or use our extreme penetrator, uh, so we don't have to worry about pass through or over over penetration in that black bear where we're potentially hitting one of those dogs because we don't want that to happen at all. Right, right. That's a good point, man. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm looking up the Underwood uh, extreme hunter. Okay. I want to I want to take a look. Yeah. At that 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 bullet design there real quick. Yeah, and, and you'll uh, see well, it has wider flutes on it. Yeah. So when we're part of it was, you know, part of the driving factor and my motivation again was, you know, I was watching I've watched people choose these super large handgun rounds mm -hmm. um or handgun calibers. And it got me to thinking, is it really necessary? And uh, you you're not gonna you're not going to argue the effectiveness of that big round. Right. So I, I really wanted to kind of gear this towards, you know, the, the 44 comparing that 44 and that 10 millimeter, like you said, I see a lot of media coming out about carrying that 10 millimeter in bear country. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a believer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a believer. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a more leaning more towards that 44 mag guy. So I, I wrote down the, I, I went through and wrote down the uh, stats from your website on both. And um, I want to do some comparison and talk sure. about what these numbers mean and uh, figure out how this bullet is still effective with these energy numbers. So, okay. all right, I'm going to compare the 44 to the 10 millimeter and we're going to talk hard cast. Okay. In, in the 44 Magnum, the weight of the bullet is 255 grains for your hard cast. Mm -hmm. The 10 millimeter is 200 grains. Yep. So right there, we have a 55 grain difference between the bullet weights. Correct. Then the thing that got me really looking was the velocity on the 44 is 1350 feet, 1350 feet per second. Yep. And the 10 millimeter is traveling at 1250 feet per second so how how can a lighter bullet traveling 100 feet slower per second be as effective or as good of a choice for me as the 44 mic great question great great question apples to apples is not 44 mag is um 
uh, uh, as we say, it's it a more powerful uh, round than the 10 millimeter. 10 millimeter ballistically is very comparable to 41 mag. Uh, mm-hmm. So when they came out 10 millimeter, it was to mimic 41 mag and a semi-auto. So we're, we're already we're, we're in 41 mag range. However, however, when people look at our stats like that, I do want to caution people. The barrel length is one mm-hmm. one one reason. And so on 10 millimeter, uh, our velocity is done through a five inch barrel, and on our 44 mag is done. I want to say between a 7.5 inch barrel. I want to say it's a seven and a half inch barrel. I could mm-hmm. be a little wrong on that. It might be a little shorter than that. But it's over five inches for sure. It's in the six to seven and a half. I believe it's seven and a half inches because it's through a it's through a Blackhawk actually. It's through a Ruger Blackhawk. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we got our velocities from. Now another thing, revolver guys compared to semi-automatic guys, and I don't have a dog in a fight. I like both. <laughs> uh, so I want I want to make sure I preface that. I, I don't have a dog in a fight. I like both. I like but, the way you said we don't have a dog. This is a dog podcast, and you threw that in there, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and I shoot forty one. I shoot forty four mag. I actually I enjoy shooting the Ruger Blackhawk. I was thinking about you know buying a couple more personally just because of I love how much I shoot it at work and test through them and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, the, the thing is, is you got to remember this. And in the, in the forty four mag, you'll have six rounds usually. Mm-hmm. Most ten millimeter guys are going to shoot a nineteen eleven. Some of them will, which would be nine rounds at the minimal. Now most guys I talk to, Alaska, Wyoming, Montana, all of our friends all out there. They're shooting things with 15, 16 rounds magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, lighter gun, easier to find holsters, um, ch- whether that's a chest rig, rather that's a side holster. Now, when I say barrel length, let me get into this. Uh, on revolvers, this has been my problem. This is Caleb's pet peeve with revolvers. And um, I have had to send personal revolvers back because of some issues. And this is one of the issues is you got to remember cylinder gap. My, now, our test gun got a great cylinder gap. Let's say you, Joe out there and Montana, randomly Joe, Joe Smith, you have a firearm, 44 mag, seven and a half inch barrel, but your cylinder gap isn't as good. Guess what? We've already mitigated a lot of that muzzle velocity and energy now. Uh, if the cylinder gap is not good, I have seen four inch revolvers have faster velocities than six inch revolvers. I've honestly seen that because mm-hmm. of the cylinder gap and things like that. Uh, so if the cylinder gap is good, then fine. But if it's not, we're having a, you're going to have a problem. Another issue. How would somebody, how would somebody know they've got a cylinder gap issue if you're just sitting there firing? Honestly, I mean, most guys will say, oh, well, you should measure your cylinder gap between that and your cylinder from the barrel to the cylinder. But, but honestly, if you're not a astute in that realm, you really don't know what you're measuring. You don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what's good and what's bad. So then the easiest answer is to buy a cheap chronograph, chronograph mm-hmm. your velocities, uh, and see, and compare it to another revolver that potentially might have a great cylinder gap, just to see. Uh, now, I know that's all circumstantial, you know, what if you can't get a chronograph, or what if you can't get another revolver with a good cylinder gap? Uh, so so all that is circumstantial, but those are things that plays a factor in revolvers. Another thing that plays a factor in a revolver is uh, accuracy. You know, single shot, yeah, you're going to be dead on. But what if you have to have a follow-up shot? Mm-hmm. What if you shot four of those rounds and you missed and it's charging you? Now you're down to two rounds as opposed to carrying 15 or 16 rounds in a semi-auto. So that's where guys get into that 10 millimeter, 44 mag argument debate. Well, yeah, yours might be a little bit faster. You might have a great cylinder gap. But guess what, buddy? You missed three of those shots. Now you got three left and this, that bear is charging at you. 
Were you in the yeah. army? Were you in the army, Caleb? I was not. <laughs> My brother was a Marine. <laughs> uh, well, he ought to tell you then. The army's pray and spray or spray and pray. Marines, one shot, one kill. Yeah, um, well, you know my brother. Oh, my God. You that'll get, I've got my, fans. I'll get all kinds of hate mail for that oh, one. Oh, well, my brother, he swears he's a rifleman. He swears he is the greatest uh, <laughs> rifleman in the do. world. Yeah, we oh all my do. God. I, there's some things I can't repeat that he says, but he went in during Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and, and fought nine years for this amazing country. It's a great country. And, um, and I thank you for your service, by the way. And he was a state trooper as well. He's my oldest brother, and oh my God, that guy, he, I have him sight in some of my rifles, and I have to hear about it for six straight hours of how I need him to sight it in, and how he's a rifleman, he shoots prone, and you know, oh, I'm like, oh my God, just sight the gun in. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. No, I had to throw that out there. I'll tell you yeah, another way, I'll tell you another way to check cylinder gap is uh, if you're ever standing on a firing line with a bunch of police officers, mm-hmm. and uh they're all shooting revolvers and you're feeling you're feeling unburnt powder hitting you in the side of the head. There's probably a good chance that that old worn out revolver right next to you has got a real bad cylinder gap. Oh. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I've I've been there. We used to shoot the line up, you know, a foot or so apart, man. The guy shooting next to you. Every time he pull the trigger, you're trying to trying to do a time and every time his gun goes off, you're getting powdered. <laughs> in the side of the head with, with unburnt powder. And you're just like, crap. That I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I, yeah. I didn't think about that. I, yeah. I tell you another thing, um, that, that plays a factor is, uh, well, we said barrel lengths. Now, most guys, uh, especially out in Alaska, Montana, Wyoming, there's some semi-autos that have a lot longer barrel than five inches. So you're going to pick up velocities. Um, yeah. but we don't test on those length of barrels because then we're kind of cheating the velocity. We don't want to cheat. So right. we want to make sure our velocities are what they say they are. And if you get better and faster velocities, Hey, kudos to you. Congratulations. Like that's, that's kind of what we want. <laughs> so, so how much, uh, how much drop are you seeing due to sil- that cylinder gap in some of these? Cause if you're talking about like the muzzle energy in a 44 for the hard cast is 1032 foot, uh, 1,032 foot pounds. Yeah. And the 10 millimeter is only 694 foot pounds. Right. So how much energy is, can be lost due to that, that one main, main factor right there? You know, and that's, what that's situational seen? because the energy goes off of your velocity. I've seen deviations of velocities with bass cylinder gaps all up to 200 feet per second slower. Um, mm-hmm. Then what's the advertised, but then you test it through one that has a great cylinder gap or even a shorter barrel and you got a faster velocity, you're hitting your target feet per second. So, you know, it's not, you know, the powder charge, you definitely know it's your cylinder gap. Uh, so when you're talking about that, you're talking about a big deviation in foot pounds of energy. But I will say this, and this is a credit to 44 mag and what we're able to produce at Underwood. Um, that's a huge number for your foot pounds of energy. You bet. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's impressive. You're Most of them are 900. Foot pounds of energy. That's that's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of the, a lot of the ammo I looked at, uh, was in the 900 range for a 44 yeah. Mac and it could be as low as, is 775 foot pounds. So, yeah, correct. Um, you know, so anything, anytime you're climbing over a thousand pounds of, uh, energy right there, mm-hmm. then you need to be an experienced shooter to be able to reliably hit what you're shooting at. Yes. Especially yes. after the first shot, you know, De- definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. And, and in most of those revolvers um, that can handle that type of pressure, because it's that Sammy spec, but there's some revolvers we will tell you, hey, don't shoot this revolver in 44 mag because your casings might bulge a little bit. It doesn't do well with it. Uh, we, we don't like the way that the frame is maybe constructed. Right. So uh, you need to have a full steel frame, a, a very well-built revolver. And you're talking about handling that pressure and that load. And then we say, hey, this does a good job. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a very remarkable uh, round. And 44 mag is um, still very popular um, with, with the revolver guys. Um, I like 44 mag a lot. You know, people get worried about the recoil. The recoil is not unbearable. Um, I, I've, mm -hmm. I've seen, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but I've seen women 120 pounds shoot 44 mag without an issue. Right. Well, that's one of the things I was going to go into, and I failed to mention early. What's that? Is we've got several female hunters out here yeah. that are looking for that. So that's an advantage for the 10 millimeter. I've I've shot and trained, um, you know, female police officers mm -hmm. over the years that just simply didn't have this the the muscle structure, the yeah. bone structure, the hand size to be able to grip the yeah. the handgun properly, and that all affects their ability to put rounds on target. Yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, it, it's like the old thing. It, I always trained my kids to shoot before they ever picked up the first shotgun and shot their first Turkey. I just had them dialed in with a 22 rifle, yep. you know, side alignment, side picture, squeeze the trigger, follow yep. through and, and no recoil. Yes. They didn't even know that a shotgun had recoil until they pulled the trigger and they had a the <laughs> Turkey in front of them. That, you know, that's great. That's great. And, and then another thing too, as you were mentioning, is um, with, with people that might be slender or slight or smaller in frame and stature and stature and things like that. You, you know, if you shoot the forty-four mag, and let's say you have smaller hands, you're just warm, small hands. Uh, you don't have a tight grip, or maybe even um, the strongest of wrists. Uh, it will be harder for you to get back realigned mm -hmm. as far as in sight picture, uh, as far as in getting back where you need to be at. If you have to have a follow-up shot now. Yep. The, the beauty is most 44 mags and the 44 mags that we recommend are most of them are single shot 44 mags, which makes it a little easier as far as an accuracy, especially for that first shot. Mm -hmm. uh, but it will take a little bit more time to get back to that second shot because now you got to refocus, get right. yourself back composed, pull that hammer back, now pull the trigger. Whereas, as you were speaking on the 10 millimeter, you just pull the trigger, pull the yeah. trigger, you pull the trigger, and you pull the trigger. You know, and there are some revolvers that are in 10 millimeter now, actually. Uh, Smith & Wesson really? came out with 610, and I think Ruger's came out with a 10 millimeter revolver as well. So if people want revolvers, there's 10 millimeter revolvers as well out there for you. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I yeah, I believe, I believe Ruger just came out one not too long ago. I had a customer call me. I looked it up, and I saw it. Now, I do know Smith came back out with the 610, um, which from all implications I've been hearing is that they've been selling well for the last couple of years. So there are 10 millimeter revolvers out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see where, let's see what I got next on my things I was going to ask you about here. We kind of went through the, uh, let's, let's compare hard cast to your flat nose ammo. Um, and we'll start with the 10 millimeter. So your 10 millimeter hard cast is 200 grains. Your jacket flat nose is 200 grains. Everything actually is exactly the same here. 1250 feet per second, 1250 feet per second, 694 foot pounds in both. So, um, 
the 10 millimeter actually for your hard cast and your jacketed flat nose, you're going to get the same penetration. So why go with one over the other, Caleb, in, in uh, a 10 I believe, millimeter? And without me looking, I want to tell you that the hard cast should have a better sectional density, I believe. Okay. okay. And the reason why is because the meat plate on that hard cast is a little bit wider than that full metal jacket. Uh, mm -hmm. So therefore, you're going to have a better uh, wound cavity throughout okay. that, that that travel. So that's one one reason right there. And honestly, uh, without going out shooting both into gelatin and seeing how far I can get both of them to penetrate, I, I, I would be surprised if the hard cast still doesn't out penetrate a little bit of that, that full mm -hmm. metal jacket, just because the hard cast is a little bit harder to stop um, with, with, with the coating that it has. But then also with that big a piece of lead, I don't know, it's just something about lead being flung um, at that speed. It's just it's hard to see something else penetrate as close to it or, 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 or next to it. But I want to tell you, the sectional density should be better on that hard cast, yeah. um, which, which does a little better. Plus, the hard cast is harder still because of your Brunel hardness. So um, potentially, eventually, something could slow down that full metal jacket. Even though it, 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 it performs like the hard cast, you still can have something that eventually you know slows it down some uh, with mm -hmm. a hard cast. It, it, it's, it's still going to truck along a little bit longer and a little bit faster, a little bit more. Yeah. Say. So we're talking about when we're talking about this full metal, uh, this jacket of flat nose, what we're actually talking about is a piece of lead that's covered with another type of metal. Mm -hmm. And yours is copper or is it what's your what's your jacket made of in your bullet? Uh, it is it is a, 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 a actual metal, full metal. Um, it's not plated. It, it is a full metal. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where is it a trade secret? It's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. But uh, both you know, of them. You know the competition's already bought one and sent yeah. that sucker to a metallurgist and broke it down. You know, yeah. when people ask me, what powder are you guys using? You guys are in Matt and Sammy Specs and nobody else is being able to produce the same stuff. What powder are you using? I say, hey, look. It's a proprietary powder, man. I don't know. I mean, it's, you're like, oh, that's all. That's what you're going to give me. I'm like, yeah, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing you said. One thing you did say. We talked. You talked about it earlier about wound channel and and terminal penetration mm -hmm. there and the the. So how you talked about like in the um, the hard cast producing this big what do you call that wound something. Uh, um, I, I call it the wound cavity, and I also call it the sectional density, which is what we see. The the hard cast also, a lot of the hard cast lead guys love to talk about the meat plate, which is basically one end of the, the projectile to the other, that flat nose, basically uh -huh. how wide is it. Yeah. And people love to talk about that. And then also when you're talking about lead, you got to get on the Brunel hardness because people want to know how hard is that lead, how hard is that hard cast. So therefore they are confident in knowing Hey, if I hit bones, it's going to bust through that bone and it's going to continue to go. If I hit through uh, two sets of lungs and through some some uh, fat tissue and things like that, it's still going to continue to go and nothing's going to slow it down. And that's why people love to talk about that with that wound cavity, that Brunel hardness, and what's my sectional density numbers. The higher gotcha. the density, the better the wound cavity. Okay. All right. Yeah, for, let's compare the 44 mag uh, hard cast to your flat nose. Jack mm -hmm. flat nose. Uh, 44 mag hard cast is 255 grains. Mm -hmm. The jacket flat nose is 245 grains. So we're giving up a little bit there. Yeah. Um, hard cast on velocity is 1350 feet per second. 
and you pick up some some speed with the flat nose at 1450. So you got that. And but then you got another trade-off right here. You got the 44 mag generating uh 1032 foot pounds and then you've got the hard or the flat nose generating 1144. So you're picking up there too. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to Joe Bear Hunter that is choosing his bullet? Um, honestly, you, you're going to come down to, do I want a heavier bullet moving a little slower that might not penetrate as deep now as a full metal jacket because the full okay. metal jacket is a little lighter and faster and it has weight, it has, it has over 100 foot-pounds of energy. So mm -hmm. that bullet, in theory, should penetrate deeper for you because it's moving faster, uh, even though it's not a hard cast. Um, mm -hmm. because your, your energy levels are at 1100 and some change compared to just 1030. Uh, are, you 10, are you 10 grains in bullet weight making up for that and making that hard cast penetrate deeper? What you know, you that's one of those things where I like pepperoni, you like sausage. Like what, what do I see and what do I like? Um, mm -hmm. now I will say this without doing the testing. I don't think it shows it on our website on the one projectile being the hard cast. It doesn't show it. It might just to correct me if it does. It's okay. Um, the coefficient. So um, the full metal jacket is going to shoot a little higher. It's going to shoot a little bit flatter. Um, and it's not going to drop as fast as that hard cast will drop also. So there's another advantage for hunters. If we're shooting 50 yards out, there's an advantage. You know, yeah. and yeah, well, I shoot a little bit higher. Yes. So I have to make sure I'm adjusted for that. So I always tell people, man, if you're going to hunt with this stuff, buy another box. Just, just bite the bullet. Buy it, you know, pun intended. Buy another box <laughs> and, and, and see where your sight alignment is at because it is going to shoot different than the hard cast. Even though that 10 grains, you're saying, well, it's just 10 grains. That hard cast is a different shot. It's going to shoot lower. So you need to see where you're going to be shooting at on that full metal jacket. Uh, and when you do see that, um, you will be, I, I believe, really happy with your results at, at greater distances than you will be with the, with the hard cast because hard cast will drop a little bit more than that full metal jacket. Mm -hmm. So All that's right. Advantage. So let's. Yeah, thanks, man. I just I just wanted to throw those numbers out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Comp compare some some rounds that people might be looking at. Yeah, and trying to make that right bullet selection, and and I think we'll just wrap this up by boiling it down to uh, to some. You know, we've talked a lot about numbers, and and maybe people's heads are swimming here. But uh, yeah. what what kind of recommendations could you make on caliber choices as they pertain to uh, ammo availability at this point. I know Underwood's fully stocked or, or you guys are keeping a good stock. I know yep. I looked at, at some of the other supply houses and they were stocking a wide variety of your ammo and a lot of calibers. But when you get right down to the brass tacks of it, you know, a 454 or a 480 Ruger, mm -hmm. man, that ammo is hard to find. And when yeah. you do find it, sometimes you got to take out a bank loan to get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's take out a second mortgage. So for the, for the guy, for the person, the the hunter that's coming into this thing and they're trying to find that round, that caliber that is going to do the job that they need it to do. What's your recommendation for us? Personally, Caleb always tells people go with what's easy to get, uh, or that's popular. So 480 Ruger, that's so interesting you mentioned that. A lot of people don't even know there's a 480 Ruger, unless you're just a serious will gun hunter, you're really out there hunting, you're taking trips to Africa or or traveling the world in the United States right. and hunting serious. 
A lot of people don't know that. Or 454 Casul or 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 is anybody shooting 475 uh, line ball or anything like that? Like people are like, man, I, I, I didn't know all that was out there. So I always tell people, go with what you can shoot accurately, go out there with what you can handle with recoil, and go out there and shoot what you're confident in. So I say and what's available. So 44 Magnum, it's always gonna be there. You know, mm-hmm. the day 44 Magnum dies. Then, then really the revolver world. I mean, 44 Mag is very popular still, uh, as it was back in Dirty Harry, as you alluded to. <laughs> uh, it, it's very popular. Um, 460 Smith & Wesson is not as popular as 44 Mag. It's not. Will it get the job done? By far, yes. Mm-hmm. But will the 44 Mag get the job done and most people can handle that recoil and get used to it and find ammunition available? Yes. And it's not as expensive as other ammunition because i mean hey look underwood we know we produce ammunition at a premium and we we got a superior ammunition throughout a lot of over a lot of companies and some of it does reflect in price so mm-hmm. but we're very competitive in 44 magnum price with everybody else and what, what you're getting uh you're honestly kind of getting a steal or if you say hey look i'm not a wheel gun guy i want to go to semi-auto then 10 millimeter i wouldn't go less than 10 millimeter if i'm talking about hunting but 44 mag 357 magnum even though 357 magnum i don't understand uh, in the last two years, has been a difficult round for a lot of companies to handle and have, uh, mm. but we are in stock on it, and we're still we're running huge numbers as far as in getting in stock. Uh, you know, so if you want to do 357 mag, you know, you always have that option. And the cool thing too about it is the thing about revolvers that I like that semi-autos can't do for the most part. Now some semi can, but for the most part is if I get a 44 mag, guess what? I can shoot 44 special if I want to just to get used to that yeah. gun. The sights now the recoil is completely different, but I can do that, or I can go to 357 mag and shoot 38 specials if I want to right. just to get used to that double action trigger pull or getting used to that single action trigger pull and where I need to be at and where I where I have to be. So those are great things that makes those things very appealing because you could get other calibers and shoot them in those firearms. Same thing with 454 and things like that if you're into that or 460 uh, Smith and Wesson. Uh, you can shoot lighter lighter calibers for the gun just to kind of get used to it. So uh, revolvers are very versatile, and they don't get the credit for being so versatile. Um, so, But I would say, you know what, uh, revolver world, you know, 357 mag, 44 mag, 41 mag, which we do produce, mm-hmm. and we do produce 41 mag, uh, and, and greater, yes. But go with what you can get. Go where you can go to your local um, gun store, your local, um, you know, store that's in your neighborhood or your area you might be in a small community or a great size of large community go where you can go and say hey i need some 44 ammo mag uh, ammo right now you know i want to go shoot 44 uh, mag so let me get some ammo for it right but if you go in the store and say hey i need 454 casual people are going to be like <laughs> never heard of gun stores, well, you know what's crazy is most gun stores will tell you i never even heard of that or if you say hey man i need some 480 ruger i need to go pick, punch the paper see where i'm at i need to see where my target acquisition at they're gonna say I don't know what 480 Ruger is. Right. So go where you can get ammo at. Uh, go with what you're comfortable in. And if you like those 480 Rugers, I say more power to you because guess what? Underwood Ammo makes 480 Ruger, and we have it in stock usually all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Caleb, you've been, a, you've been a huge help and and uh, helping us kind of decipher some of the technicalities and, and technology around uh, bullets. I just... It's it's a hard thing to to walk into a big box store and yeah. and find what you need, and I think that's the most important thing, regardless of what we choose to carry. There's a few key things there, you know. Be familiar with the platform you're shooting. 
and you know that we you talked about that with being able to shoot 38 special or 44 special out of a 44 mm -hmm. you know you've got to be familiar with and i'm talking hundreds of rounds um and being familiar with that platform no matter what it is if you're carrying a semi-auto you need to talk about firearms maintenance how to maintain the to keep it clean and you need to talk about uh immediate action drills for to clear malfunctions in that firearm pretty quick yeah. um so those are all things podcasts topics for a future episode but uh, i think we did a good job of talking about bullets and and finding the right bullet for what we're shooting i'm very honored to be on here underwood is very honored um we take it serious that we produce ammunition that hunters will get every bang for their buck. And we mean that pun every bit of yeah. it. So, um, you know, we will continue to produce a superior ammunition and every day we're getting better and every day we choose to get better and ballistics show what we're doing. YouTube shows what we're doing. Even people, you know, people think, well, are they paying these people to say this about the ammo? Not at all. And it's showing that um, different hunts and things like that and testimonials from people are out there. And mm -hmm. I tell people, if you haven't heard of the brand or if you're just learning about our brand, hey, just Google us and you will find all kind of information and things like that. And I'll tell you this before we end. If you have an issue, we make it right. There, there's yeah. no question about it. We will make it right. And we take customer service very serious. Um, there's not a day that you can't call us that we don't pick up the phone. If we don't, we call you right back. And um, most companies, they don't do that anymore. So um, and we I, take I, pride in I can attest to that. Yeah. You know, I called a few other companies. Uh, a couple of them didn't even list a phone number. I left yeah. a message. I sent emails, I, you know, and I called Underwood because in Underwood, somebody actually picked up the phone. Yeah. And and they said, hey, we know who you need to talk to. <laughs> and Caleb called me back. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone here. <laughs> We dialed the clock back 30 years, you know, what's going that, on? That's true. That is very true right there. Yeah. That is true. We take it serious, and uh, it's an honor to be on here, and I hope you have us back on uh, sometime soon. You bet. It'd be, it'd be great. If you're a firearms, uh, you, you lit, told me that you're a firearms tra trainer and an instructor, we yeah. might just have to, to uh, do a podcast about that. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Caleb, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. Will do.